Hello, I am Marlon Diaz. And I'm Taylor Walker. And this is the Keeping It Local podcast. From the southernmost point of Florida. To the panhandle. We will be talking local politics as well as issues that affect everyday people. Taylor, are you ready for today's episode? Let's do it. Awesome. We'll be right back. And we're live. We're live. Awesome. <laughs> You're beginning- this is our first episode. A brand- are you excited? Yes, I'm excited. How about yourself? Well, I couldn't be more thrilled. And I, I can't wait for our, hear- our, our, our listeners to, to hear what we have to say, what we have to discuss, the guests that we bring into our podcast, and the discussions that will perhaps be quite interesting for some. Right. And, and, you know, when uh, Marlon and I wanted to create this podcast, we had this intention of truly keeping it local, as the name indicates. We want to shed light on the issues that people care about on the local level throughout Florida, um, because oftentimes you don't really hear about that in a space like this. You'll read about it. You have to go looking for it. But frankly, we wanted to give a platform to folks that may not uh, be heard as often or issues that may not be heard as often. Um, and I think this is a, a great platform to do that. Uh, how about you, Marlon? Absolutely. I think it's, it's, it is important for folks to be aware of their local issues, whether it being in the southernmost point of our state, which is Key West, all the way to the panhandle. Absolutely. So I'm so ready for this. So our first episode is going to be our introduction about yourself, of course, mm-hmm. and then I will go ahead and and begin second. So I will I'll let you go and take all the floor. Oh, great. Ladies first. I appreciate it. A gentleman. All right. So uh, for those of y'all who I've never met uh, that I hope to meet, I guess this will be idolized. Well, memorialized, not idolized um, in time. So my name is Taylor Walker. I am 22 years old. I'm a recent graduate from the Florida State University, um, but I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Um, I guess I'll uh, start at the beginning of my journey with politics and policy and all the things that affect us on that level. Um, So I remember being around eight or nine years old and listening to Rush Limbaugh, listening to Glenn Beck, uh, watching Fox News with my dad, watching Waters World. I think Waters World was the first time I actually interacted with policy and politics on that level um, because it was engaging for me. And it was just a portion of, of course, O'Reilly at the time. Um, So even at that young age, you started to see how the little things impact what we do, because at that time I didn't have the breadth, you know, I I knew what it looked like on Fox News. I knew what it sounded like on the radio, but I didn't feel what it felt like. Um, But just to give a little background about myself, um, my uh, my dad is a blue collar worker. He is a boilermaker and he has been the entire time I've been on this earth. Um, And in 2012, we uh we faced some really hard times because of obama era energy policy um you know for years he had great availability and access to work because he works on contract bases around the country he had great access to that um and then all of a sudden everything took a hard left turn and we we struggled for a very long time my family struggled for a long time and uh because of policies like that and i started understanding that policies that aren't feasible and environments that are not created to 
uplift a healthy economy and to build jobs that uh, that are feasible for folks to take and, and earn for their families, that started to affect me. I started to see that firsthand. Um, and as I grew older, you know, I kept my eye on politics, but at first I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to be a writer and I was involved in theater. You know, I, uh, I, I did more behind the scenes stuff, but I still, uh, you know, I, I got on stage sometimes. Uh, I, I was a theater kid and I was boisterous and I wasn't afraid to, you know, say what I thought. I was always able to do speeches and address people and, you know, talk to people and, and see what they thought and how they felt and express that and represent that. Um, so all of that to say, when two, in 2016, Mike Pence came to Pensacola and Pensacola is my hometown. Um, technically, it's Pace. If we're, if we're going to talk about local politics, let's get real. I'm, uh, I'm from a little town called Pace, Florida. You know, my high school had a rotating peanut and cotton crop right across from it. That's, that's how small it was um, and is. It's, it's growing now, but it's still small town vibes. That part of Florida that might as well be Alabama, that's where I'm from. Um, but where was I? Uh, anyway, so my uh, my little small town of uh, Pace and Pen the Pensacola area, that panhandle area, um, Mike Pence came to Pensacola in 2016. And I went and I initially thought, oh, I'm going to write a piece for it and I'm going to see if the Pensacola News Journal will take it. Um, spoiler alert, they didn't, but I fell in love with politics. I fell in love with um, overt partisan politics. Um, and, you know, for a year, I remember, you know, I worked a, a small part-time job and, you know, just to get through high school, you know, I slung pizzas at Domino's, not a sponsor, but I slung pizzas at Domino's for my senior year, you know, to, to pay for all of my college applications. I ended up applying to like 15. Insane, I know, but uh, nonetheless. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it um, it was uh, it, it was definitely not a time in my life I would like to recreate, but it was a for, a formulated a formula. I, well, I can't even speak a formula formidable time in my life. It was uh, it was a time where I grew. Anyway, so I uh, I was able to uh, to do that for a while and take care of myself. And then in 2018, I ended up working for a primary campaign in the Panhandle region. Um, I worked for a few months as a, just a campaign staffer. I did, you know, data and all that, all that good stuff and door knocking and which <laughs> the, that's the one thing people tell you, it's the best and the worst part about politics is door knocking. Cause you'll have the best moments walking away, knowing that you talk to someone and engaged on issues that matter with the community. Um, but then you also have those, those rougher days when you realize you couldn't make a, you couldn't make the sell. But regardless, it was one of those things that um, that opened my eyes to the issues that affect the area on a more um, detailed basis. And after that, I started my career at Florida State University. Um, I ended up doing a little student government stuff here and there, uh, you know, activities on campus. But I always kept my eye to politics. Um, and in 2019, I worked for Byron Donalds when he was a state representative out of the Naples area, uh, one of my favorite bosses to this day. And I also ended up working for him later on, actually last summer, with him in D.C. Uh, after he got elected to Congress fortuitously and wonderfully. I, you know, I still dearly, dearly care for, for Rep. Donalds. Uh, and then, but after that, COVID hit. And oh my gosh, you know, the, it changed the world for so many of us that were working in politics and policy. 
Um, but thank God, I ended up <clears throat> working for Americans for Prosperity. Uh, I, uh, I worked for them and I also worked for a small law firm and learned a lot about criminal justice policy back home in Pensacola for a few months. Then I worked for the Fiorentino group um, through the spring session of 2021. After that, um, I ended up also uh, working as the state coordinator for the American Conservation Coalition in Florida, because um, I, I guess just to just to give a little a little pitch for them briefly on here, uh, right. I, I it was one of those outlets that people often think that if you look to the right at all, people don't care about the environment. And that's absolutely not true. I grew up in an area that was affected by the BP oil spill, but my father also worked in energy. He also worked in natural gas, coal, all of those plants that produce that energy that's that's needed for American families across the nation. That uh, that still affected us when when we had the BP oil spill. So that balance of ensuring that jobs are available for folks and people are able to keep their lives balanced um, and also ensuring that we steward the environment, we take care of the places that we live. It's just a responsible thing to do. Um, so I was able to work with them and that was their message overall, I think. Um, and I was able to work with them for a great, uh, a great few months. I, I love them, still love what they do. And from then I told you I worked for Rep Donald's then I worked for the Department of Economic Opportunity. I was in the legislative department and I got to see all of the policies. And that's when I really fell in love with um, with the local policies all over again. I did it once when I worked for Rep Donald's. I analyzed a lot of the legislation and see, you know, seeing those little nitpicky projects that people file and care about for their communities, those state reps. It, um, it really engages you and it kind of opens your eyes to how important that element of our government is. Um, but working for DEO, I fell in love with it all over again. And seeing how policies like uh, broadband internet access to communities that are rural and don't have that access, uh, yeah. and seeing how that builds their businesses and builds their outreach, you know, looking at, uh, you know, telephone pole access, small business growth and grants, all of those things are so crucial to the people of Florida. And being able to, in some small way, be a part of that was absolutely fantastic um, and now i currently work for majority strategies uh as a project manager um and uh you know just kind of working on gop campaigns and ensuring folks uh folks get what they need um especially during primary season um but overall uh i've i've had that kind of unique experience and perspective um i was the first in my family to go to college so you know, feeling those experiences and seeing what my dad and my mom had to go through during those hard times and being able to put it into words and being able to advocate for it and being able to assist it and, and find where good governments governance lies um, has been a real, real honor and a pleasure for me. Um, and I'm uh, I'm hopeful that in in my future endeavors, especially in platforms like this, we can continue to do that and shed light on those issues that actually matter to people. I, 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 quite a great story. That's for everyone to hear. <laughs> yeah. And I, I definitely have a completely different story than you do. Mm -hmm. I, um, I was born in Havana, Cuba. Spanish has always been my first language. Mm -hmm. um, and those who are listening will probably say, well, he barely has no accent. And that is correct. 
because when I came to this country in 2010, I um, was able to, to assimilate with the American way. And I didn't see Spanish as my first language. I saw English as my first language. So I, coming with um, my parents and my brother with little money, hoping that we can move forward as, as not, not just as a family, but, um, uh, you know, my parents were looking for myself and my brother to have a better future. Unfortunately, in my country of birth, um, neither myself or him would have had the chances um, that we have today. And, and I will, as an, and as I say my story and, 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 and those who are listening will understand um, that for me, at least what I've done so far has achieved much of what the American dream looks like and as well as my parents. So taking it from the very beginning, when I got involved in politics, which is quite interesting because my path was to become a veterinarian. I have a big passion for animals. I love exotic animals from giraffes to the largest mammal walking this earth, which is the elephant, um, an elephant Republican, funny. Uh, so I, um, I interned at a clinic that handled exotic animals for two years, um, during my high school, um, did a lot of things there, of course. And I learned a lot and and to this day with the few animals that I have that I own as, as pets, um, I'm able to apply some of the veterinary techniques, even though I'm not a veterinarian, but still learn and still remember, um, in 2016, a friend of mine, as, as the 2016 elections were heating up, I didn't know much of the political process in this country. What I didn't know is that in this country, presidents and, and candidates can run for office and for all offices, that being state representative, state senator, congressman, U.S. senator, mayor. Well, in my country of birth, none of that is a, none of that is a thing. It's not a reality. So the fact that I was able to witness that, um, and I witnessed it further when I sat at the Hall of Presidents in Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World, where I'm a few minutes away from today, um, and seeing those 43 presidents, 44 presidents at the time, um, and just looking at the history behind it. And I can only... I can only think what would my country would have looked like if this was what it was. But unfortunately, it's not what it was. It's not what it is. And for 60 years, we've Cuba has lived under a tyrannical rule dictatorship who imprisons people who believe in democracy, people who believe in freedom, people who believe in having their own rights. And unfortunately, as much as I would love to be there and go back to my country, um, there's circumstances in which I can't. And I will explain that in just a moment. Um, My friend took me to a Jeb Bush rally, his kickoff rally in Miami Day College. I find myself not knowing much again. And they get me this Jeb Bush 2016 shirt 
They say, put it on because you're going to go right behind Jeb Bush. And I said, okay, cool. So they did some videos, and then I was I happened to be in a, one of the videos. Um, and I'm talking about how I'm excited to be there. And mind you, I'm, this is this is all, you know, this is all new to me. Next thing you know, few few feet away from where I am, the former first lady of the United States, Barbara Bush, walks by on her walker. And seeing that gave me goosebumps. Wow. How incredible it is that a Cuban boy from, you know, that barely is learning the English, still trying to get involved, first time to all of this, and seeing that, I had no words. I had no words. It was just this incredible feeling. And I said, that moment is where I said, this is what I want to do. Politics is my thing. And my friend, of course, never got involved in politics. Funny enough, the first one who brings me into politics, but then I'm the one who's the political. And he's like, well, I don't know what I did to you, but I certainly did a good thing. And I said, I'm sure you did. So from there, I was involved in the Jeb Bush campaign, of course, as a volunteer. And interestingly enough, I was involved in the campaign from that very moment where Jeb Bush announced that he was running for president till the very, very last moment in the South Carolina primary, just feet away from him as he was announcing that he was dropping out of the race. That's, look at the timeline. So I, you know, was able to witness the political process in action, especially in South Carolina, mm -hmm. seeing all these different candidates and seeing, you know, the Trump folks getting up at three o'clock in the morning to put yard signs all over South Carolina, all over. And, and of course, at the time, a lot of us Republicans were standing by folks like Jeb Bush, Senator Rubio, and uh, Lindsey Graham and, and others. And Trump perhaps wasn't the favorite candidate. He wasn't even polling at three percent at that time, if I if I remember correctly. Nobody until the very end, if you remember in the twenty sixteen election, until the very end, he didn't really have much pull. He was kind of a dark horse. Indeed. And and that's where then, of course, after the primary um in South Carolina, I started helping the Senator Rubio's campaign for president. Um, of course, a Cuban American himself and, um, and having a lot to, you know, represent when it comes to, you know, where, where his family comes from, his ideals, what he fights for in the Senate, of course, running for president was even more accelerating. And I, and I found myself to, to obviously support him in any way that I could. Um, of course, as time went, candidates started dropping out. Uh, then Ted Cruz came around, Ted Cruz dropped out, of course, until the very end of the convention, of course, Trump becomes our nominee. So I helped the Trump campaign in 2016 towards obviously the very end, uh, post-convention. Um, I helped them in our efforts in Miami-Dade College uh, when I was president of the College Republicans there. Um, we helped them a lot. Um, we did a lot of good things for for voter awareness, civic engagement, um, and yes, we got a lot of ton. We got a lot of ton of criticism, 
we got a lot of people coming at us and saying that we were racist, that we didn't know what we were standing for. And I said, look, you know, you have the right to, to feel a certain way and to express yourself a certain way. But most importantly, we're all Americans. And this is a democracy. That's right. And perhaps what you, what you just told me, and you would have told to a communist in Cuba, you would have probably ended in prison for 10 years for expressing yourself in a certain way. So that for me was, um, I was enlightened by that. And I, I, I truly enjoyed the campaign experience, which I kept on doing for quite some time, and I still do. Um, so on to other jobs into which I come and, and have learned many things. I've, my most recent campaign helping was Congresswoman Salazar's campaign back in 2018. Her very first campaign for Congress, which was an exciting one. I worked for, I worked with an incredible team um, and we battled it out to the very end. And of course the outcome wasn't as we wanted it to be. And um, Donna Shalala was the Congresswoman. And um, it only gave me more strength to continue to help Republicans get elected. And now she's a Congresswoman um, because of those efforts and because of everyone who, who was involved in the last election. And hopefully in this time, she also gets reelected because I believe that um, she's doing a great job and she's doing great. I'm very happy for her. Um, past that election, I worked for the city of Miami um, building department. Uh, I learned a lot about local issues that happen when it comes to the floodings, um, unsafe structures that affect really the, it's, it, it has to do with a lot of environmental issues. Mm -hmm. So having to learn that um, gave me a lot of um, insight as to how certain things are tackled um, at a local government level mm -hmm. um, when it comes to issues such as, you know, infrastructure and, and all that. So the building department, of course, had a lot to do with these things that I just mentioned. Um, towards the very end of my term, my time at the city of Miami, I became a United States citizen. So after working so hard in campaigns and being civically and, and involved in these elections and, and working on, you know, helping out the, all these candidates, I said, well, you know, the time has come. And of course we have gotten the process already started. And of course it just takes its time and it doesn't, it, it doesn't go from one day to the next. So I became a U.S. citizen. And um, after an opening at Senator Rubio's office, I, of course, my interest was, was there. My heart was there. Of course, I applied for the position um, because, you know, as you know, federal government employees have to be U.S. citizens. That's right. In order to be a part of the system. So my only pitch during the interview, of course, was that, it would be an honor for me to, as a new U.S. citizen, to work for the best, I still believe that, the best U.S. senator that Florida has had in a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and there it was. I worked and, and I worked for Senator Rubio for almost two years. Um, and then previous, obviously, of course, past my time with a senator, which I dealt with a lot of things and, and we, we will cover, it's, it's a lot to cover. So I will obviously, as time goes, we will talk about it more. Um, I had 
uh, the pleasure of working for the Florida legislature um, mm -hmm. back in 2021 um, and uh, did a lot of good things there, of course, that we will cover as time goes. And the last two things, I work for the Miami-Dade Bar Association and uh, my current job is a, I am a case manager for a disability um, and social security law firm. That's awesome. That's awesome. And we, we both really have uh, eventful and it's so strange how when you hear it said like that, you see the cause and effect to the passions that we've had. Because Marlon and I have had conversations off, off camera and off recording where, you know, we, you can definitely see what you're passionate about. You can see those individual issues, but it's so strange how those cause and effects begin early on in life. That's that's amazing. I didn't even know that about you. That that's that's where you got your start in uh, in politics with Jeb Bush back in the day. Wow, yes. that's just yes. incredible. Until this day, funny enough, I I am good friends with his younger son, Jeb Bush Jr. Ah, oh, do they they still so, live in Florida, right? So Governor Bush lives in Coral Gables, and mm -hmm. his sons, his. Jeb Bush Jr., I believe, also lives in Coral Gables. Of course, George P. Bush lives in Texas. Texas, correct. Um, and I'm not sure about his daughter. Mm. But they're wonderful people. Um, uh, and we can talk about more of this of course. Uh, in another episode. But Governor Bush was a great governor. And yeah. and we can, up, at one point, highlight some of the stuff that he did back when he was governor. That's right. Um, and his influence also locally in, in the Miami Republican Party back when he mm -hmm. was chairman. Um, and those were great years. Those were great years. And, um, and of course, we'll invite, hopefully we'll invite Governor Bush to our show. Um, if he to come on, he's more than welcome. I will definitely extend the invitation. Um, and if you, the listener, have some feedback on who would you like for us to invite um, or would like to hear, um, we will more than happy take your, your comments and your, and your, and your feedback. Um, so that we can just make this podcast even better each episode. So Absolutely. And if you're not already, be sure to follow us on social media. I believe Instagram is up and going. And if you're not subscribed already, make sure you're subscribed on um, whatever platform you prefer, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We will be yes. on all three platforms for your ease of listening. Um, but make sure you, you stay in touch with us. Let us know what you think. Um, and we'll push forward and we're going to, we're, I'm excited to see what, uh, what this podcast holds. I think we've got a, we've got a great future ahead and we've got an opportunity to really reach out and, uh, and not only, you know, see some history, but see the future a little bit. Um, you know, it's funny, you mentioned governor Bush and how great of a governor he was. I remember, uh, I took a Florida history course, like a Florida history of government, um, in college and that even the, the professor I remember was was fairly uh, liberal I would say he's more blue dog but he's liberal and he uh, he couldn't praise uh, he couldn't praise Governor Bush enough because of how common sense he was and how he united governor government in the state in a way that had never been done before he kind of revolutionized it um, and you know national politics whatever that, that's something uh, I really got to tip my hat to um, in this case, as someone who's been a, a creature of the Florida government for a while. Absolutely. And for those watching, um, I just received some news, which I am I'm looking right now at my in my dashboard and that there is a storm that has formed already. Ah. We're filming on a Tuesday, on a Thursday. 
So definitely um, be on the lookout. And we hope that everybody has uh, an easy, easy weekend. Um, but other than that, Taylor, you got anything else to say? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, that was the one thing I would mention. Hurricane season started yesterday. Make sure you're stocked up. You've got what you need. All your storm uh, windows and shutters are taken care of. Uh, if you're in the state of Florida, batten down the hatches. Uh, let's weather this storm and, uh, and we'll see you next week. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Taylor. Thanks, Marlon. Of course, anytime. Let's do this at 10 sometime. All right. And we are going off.